you know, going into this Saturday, I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. I mean, it, it shocked me. That's Well, here we go. It's last play of the game here. If they don't do it now, nothing's going to happen. Back in the pocket. Looks, looks, fires. Oh, my God, he caught it. He caught it. 10, 5, touchdown. This is Saturdays in the States. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Saturdays in the States. I'm your host, Andrew Parker, and folks, we're, uh, we are near the tail end and things keep getting more and more interesting. Um, obviously, we saw a lot of things uh, take shape, I would say, Saturday. Uh, it, it, it built the foundation for what will be an amazing rivalry weekend coming here, which, don't get me wrong, a majority of this podcast will be addressing those rivalry games next weekend. But what I do want to acknowledge is that... Um, there were some legitimate games that happened this past Saturday that we must uh, address. Now, I want to start off the, day, the the podcast with the Penn State-Ohio State game. Ohio State proved that it is legitimate, okay? And I get it. They didn't blow out Penn State, but we have to realize something. You're a top 10 nationally ranked team. You're good. You are really good. It doesn't matter if Ohio State is 2 and Penn State is 8. Like, they kept highlighting how the past few games, it has been a one-score game. You know, 24-23, 39-38. It came down to one play. That And so, I mean, people are going to look at the score and think, wow, Ohio State turned the ball over. Penn State's good. Penn State is an undefeated, or not an undefeated, I, I spoke too soon. They're a top 10 a nationally ranked team, extremely well-respected. They had every right to go into the shoe and beat Ohio State. Every right. Every single right. So there's a lot of people that are hating on Ohio State. I don't think people are realizing how good Penn State is. They're still probably going to get into a New Year's Six Bowl game. I guarantee it. I bet you that there will be a good presence of the Big Ten around the New Year's Six Bowl games because of how highly ranked they are. You have Ohio State, Penn State, as well as Minnesota in there. I mean, those are extremely well-respected programs. They really are. I mean, it's going to be hard to take a 10-2 and Penn State team out of a New Year's Six Bowl game, whatever that bowl game is. Now, again, there's only uh, 12 spots, so we'll see. But, I mean... I just want to add to the to this to the um significance of that game and let people know that are kind of questioning Ohio State. I mean, that was a if they lost that game, people would scoff Penn State or Ohio State, and then they would add Penn State stock to the playoff conversation. But that didn't happen. Penn State showed its dominance, and I was looking at the stats of the game, and everything. Uh, you know, I mean, it leaned Ohio State's way, but it wasn't by a terrible amount. But the one statistic that leaps off the page that if I am any of those teams that are going to face Ohio State, it is the rushing yards uh, statistic. Ohio State had 229 rushing yards. Penn State only had 99. They only had 99 rushing yards. And this is a conference, and I've said this time and time again, folks, that is dominated by how well you can establish the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. And Penn State demanded respect in the trenches. They took that sector over. They were looking at this and they thought, if we can protect our quarterback, if we can command our ground game, and if we can take away their ground game and make them one-dimensional and put it in in their quarterback's hands every play, we're winning this thing. We're winning this thing. And I mean, it goes to show, it really does. Penn State or Ohio State played an amazing game against what I want to stress to you folks again is a well-respected Penn State team. 
an extremely well-respected Penn State team. And I know, like, like I've been saying, I mean, people had have, have I've heard um, some chatter on social media, which again you have to take it with a grain of salt. But how people are saying, "Wow, Penn or Ohio State turned the ball over three times against an average Penn State team." No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Everyone into this game with high expectations, and then you look at the score, and in everything, in hindsight, everything's twenty twenty. And then you're kind of, wow, you won only by this amount, and all. It's like, no, you don't realize how how the perception of things switched on that. So, I just want to state that, um, it, man, it. <laughs> I want I want to save it for later, but man, the game's gonna be great. The game is gonna be great. Anyway, I want to move on to the other big story of that Saturday, and that was that Oregon lost. Oregon is out of playoff talk contention, and it's so fascinating because one of the things that was going the big storyline that was going into this Saturday or this uh, season rather was how the Pac-12 was like on the the very. Uh, back end of legitimacy in power conference talk. I mean, there was so much chatter and going into the season about how the Pac-12 is losing viewership and is losing respect and no one cares about the Pac-12 because they're on the West Coast and they're three hours behind everybody else and the demographics within that region is changing and how it is a dying conference. And then we have this big surge of two legitimate Pac-12 teams that I talked about last episode. You have Oregon and you have Utah. And I thought to myself, man, one of those teams is going to make it into the playoff. They will. I'm still calling it now. I guarantee you that on the brink of of destruction or whatever you want to call what the Pac-12 was on the brink of, of illegitimacy, of irrelevance, you know, they roared back, folks. This is going to be the story of the season of how the Pac-12 roared back and reminded people of its legitimacy and why it's a Power 5 conference. I mean, it was a big story, folks. I remember week zero going into the Miami uh, Florida game. That was a big discussion that they had on ESPN Radio, the game, the college game on ESPN Radio, I must specify that. They were talking about how, what's the Pac-12 going to do? And I mean, I remember at one point they were talking about like 9 a.m. kickoffs. I mean, that was a legitimate thing. My my solution to the Pac-12 was just host one night game and make all the other games start at noon, one, and two. Make, like, that's that's what, it, like, between noon and three is when you can start your games, three at the latest. Because, I mean, people out east are not going to wait for a 10 p.m. kickoff. They're not going to do that. That's just how, that's just how it works, you know, um, in this country. But regardless, two Pac-12 teams have fought for legitimacy, and one is out, and that is Oregon. And here's the reason why, and I can tell you right now what they were thinking. Arizona State is five and five. We're nine and one. We could play. We we've already uh, clinched a spot in the in the conference title game. Let's just take care of business and move on, and then let's fight for our playoff spot. But you didn't respect your opponent, Oregon. Oregon did not respect Arizona State. They did not respect going onto their turf and taking care of business. They looked ahead. And we've seen that so many times. We've seen it with Wisconsin. We've seen it with Penn State. We, we, I mean, it's, it, it's the, I would say it's the big differentiator between teams that are going to be in the playoff and teams that wanted to be in the, wanted to be in the playoff. People got excited about be- seeing their name in the top four. They got excited about the potential of playing Alabama or playing Clemson or Alabama or playing Ohio State, but they didn't look at the team ahead of them. They didn't look at Arizona State. Oregon did not respect Arizona State, and that's why they eventually, you know, got punched in the mouth a few times. They got down early, and they fought back, and the rally came up short. It it, it just did. Um. And I'll tell you this also, 
the turnovers is also a big decider. Two interceptions thrown by, remember folks, we went into this season with him being a first-round NFL draft pick, that quarterback from Oregon. Yeah, two interceptions. Two interceptions. Again, this aids in the fact that Oregon went into this and they thought, sweet, it's going to be prime time, and we're going to go up and score 49 on them, and we may let them score 10, and we'll call it a day, and we'll prove on a national stage why we are a legitimate playoff contender. And Arizona State under Herm Edwards said, hey, guys, they don't give us any respect. We have nothing to lose. Let's just start wailing on them. Let's just beat them, beat them, beat them, punch them in the mouth, punch them in the nose, punch them in the chest, lower body blows, and then hit them with some power bluff blows. I mean, it's just Herm Edwards literally just told his guys, hey, you guys have the green light. We have the green light. We're 5-5. Five and five. If we don't win this game, you know, I mean, we, have, we want to make a bowl game. I, I want to turn this program into something. Let's win this game. And they did. They did. And folks, my goodness. So folks, right now, the the they're out. They are out. Oregon is out. And I'm sorry to say that, but they are. One of the things I want to talk about since we're on the topic of the uh college football playoff is um I would I think this year's playoff has the potential to be the most diverse in terms of uh conference representation, diverse playoff um representation in the playoff, okay? So Here's what I and, and I'm I'm recording this on Monday because I wasn't able to do it Sunday, but I, I'm just letting you all know that for context of why I'm saying this. So if I'm the the committee, I bet you that this is going to be the four, and this is in no order. I don't know how they're going to do it, but these are going to be their top four. It's going to be LSU, it's going to be Ohio State, it's going to be Clemson, and they're going to put Utah in the fourth spot because of Oregon's loss. I, I guarantee it. And then they're going to move Alabama up to five. That's how it's going to go. And so. Or, or they may put Georgia at five, Alabama at six. But here's here's how, and SEC fans, here's a spoiler warning. You may not want to listen to this part of the podcast, um, but to everybody else who's listening, chime in. So here here's how it's going to play out. If you do, if you only want, if we want this to happen, okay? If we want if you want two SEC teams in there, which it has, which that conference has the the pedigree and respect that it it probably it has the potential to. Um, if you don't though, this is how it's going to happen, okay? Alabama is going to lose to Auburn, which gives Alabama two losses, so they're already out. So then you have the t- the talk of LSU and Georgia in the LCC playoff. LSU beats Georgia. That's a two-loss Georgia team. They're out. LSU is the, lo- the lone undefeated SEC team. They get in, gives room for Utah to sneak in. I'm just thinking that it's going to be hard for Utah to, to, to jump over a one-loss SEC Georgia team. Or a one-loss Alabama team. I'm just, and one of them will get left out. But I'm just saying that that solidifies the odds of only one SEC team getting in there. Now, the 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 um committee may show their moxie and may show their their uh their respect for Utah, and they may say, okay, you know, Georgia, okay, Alabama, you may be one-loss teams, but you didn't get these criteria. Whereas, you know, Utah checks the box; they're undefeated, they're conference champs. You know, like these are things. Now, don't get me wrong; Utah could still lose to Oregon. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying that Utah could still lose their conference title. I don't want to, I, I don't want to completely throw all the the luck on Utah and these teams that have the potential to get in. Anything can happen, folks. That's the beautiful part of why I do this podcast is because I truly love the unpredictability in it. I mean, these are these are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old kids. 
I mean, th- these are these are kids. At the end of the day, they aren't perfect. They're athletically gifted, but by no means are they pros. By any means, anything can happen. Mistakes are bound to happen, and that's what's awesome is is the potential for that happening. So, with that being said, I can see that being the committee's for going into um, rivalry week. Is it being, and again, in no particular order, Clemson, Ohio State, LSU, and Utah. And then, like I, just to reiterate, to get to only solidify one SEC, te- SEC team is Alabama losing to Auburn, and then LSU beating Georgia in the in the title game. Now, I can I can almost guarantee you that I can see LSU beating Georgia. I, that's the one that I have a lot more faith in. I don't have a lot of faith in Alabama losing to Auburn. Although I will say this: if they had Tua, I would I would uh, give Auburn no shot. I will say this, I'm giving Auburn a shot to beat Alabama. I'm just saying it's going to be very, very hard. Um, but here's the deal. If if Auburn wants to beat Alabama, they got to put pressure on their quarterback. Anyway, I want to, I, I don't want to get too far into that. I want to uh, start looking at the schedule for, um, for the, uh, for the rivalry week games this Saturday. And the cool part is, is they start Friday with, Iowa and Nebraska. And people may be wondering, Andrew, why the heck do we care about Iowa and Nebraska? And I'm telling you why. So for those of you who are new to Saturdays on the States, we pick one team that we follow throughout the season, no matter what, unconditionally, that's our team. We're going to talk about them on every podcast and acknowledge their existence and and kind of just be a fan for a season just to see how it goes. And um, so with that being said, our one uh, team that we are following this season is Nebraska. Now Nebraska is five and six. They just demolished their last opponent, and they are at the doorstep of becoming bowl eligible under Coach Frost. And they have to face uh, a uh, Iowa team that is eight and three. Now here's the deal: Nebraska has the potential to beat Iowa. They have every potential to beat uh, uh, every way to beat Iowa. And here's the reason why. Iowa is, is ranked uh, 17th. They're 8-3. and three, And their defense is why they are so good. Their offense is not good. The, Iowa's offense has been the issue throughout this entire season. They, I mean, yeah, they beat Illinois. They only beat them like 19-10. to 10. When they beat Northwestern, they only beat them 20-10. to 10. These are teams that Iowa has been just they have better athletes. They're well better coached, but their offense can't get them points. And in order to 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 move up in the rankings and show you can win, is to is to score. Your, your defense can't do it all. I mean, Iowa's defense kept them in games against Wisconsin. They kept them in against Michigan, and they kept them in against um, Penn State. But their offense couldn't couldn't respond. Their offense couldn't do it. So I will say this: If I'm Nebraska, I am I am I am coaching up that defense and saying, Hey guys. Don't get me wrong, they're ranked and we're respecting them and it's going to be a challenge, but their offense doesn't do anything special. So it's going to be a real defensive battle. I bet you this is going to be a low-scoring game. I bet you Iowa only scores... I bet you Iowa scores less than 20 points in this matchup if they win. I bet you Nebraska keeps it close, too. I bet you it's going to come come down to a field goal like it did last year. Because even though Iowa won last year, they won on a last-second field goal. Um, so... There's that. Another thing I also just want to address about Nebraska is last year they were four and eight and they were zero and five on the road, and now they're two and three. And here's the other thing, okay? A lot of people I've seen this on social media is there's a there's an article going around about how is this a complete failure for Scott Frost? And I've 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 tried to say this so many times to my listeners, and it's that 
it takes time. Progress takes time. He recently just signed a contract that extends him through 2026. So, I mean, we all like to stipulate and say this and that. And, oh, I know what I would do. He does, you know what I mean? I've watched games. Yeah, you've watched games. He's recruited. He's coached players. He knows the X's and O's way better than you do, Carl. I'm just going to say this. They realize the potential and the 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 upward trend that he is uh, generating at Nebraska. So, folks, I mean, you may be frustrated that you lose this game. They were so close, but I guarantee you, years three and four are going to be awesome. They're going to be exciting. But anyway, that's that's what people that's what is going into that Iowa Nebraska game. Now, what's unique about this Friday, also rivalry week, is there's another big time game on that Friday, and it is Cincinnati versus Memphis. Both teams are ten and one. The game's gonna be on ABC, and it's huge because it's gonna be fighting for that uh, that um, best of five spot and and what bowl, be, uh, six uh, New Year's six bowl game they get into. That's gonna be a great game to watch, folks. Two. Great programs. One coach under Luke Fickle, um, the the former defensive coordinator, Ohio State. He's done great things at Cincinnati um, against a great Memphis squad that that really surged when they um, took down SMU at home. So, and by the way, I, it's at Memphis, folks. It's at Memphis. I just want to let you know that. Um, so, great, uh, great host of games that that Friday, folks. I just want to throw that out there. Now. We get to Saturday. We get to Saturday of Rivalry Week, folks. So, we start off every Saturday like we have for the past, I don't know, 65, 70 years with the game. Ohio State versus Michigan. Now, this is a big game because, for obvious reasons, but also because at the beginning of the season on the podcast here, I made the prediction that Michigan is going to beat Ohio State. Now, when they were struggling against Army and they were struggling against, you know, Wisconsin, I'm not going to lie. I was like, boy, Ohio. And at that point, Ohio State was rolling, albeit they didn't really face anybody. Um, I was like, my goodness, Michigan, it's going to be an ugly game. But they have a few things going for them, okay? Um, it's at Michigan, which is huge. And they are getting they are hot right when they need to be hot. Michigan is on a roll right now. They're playing just how Jim Harbaugh wants them to be. They're nine and two. Um, and I can purposely see the committee ranking them very high. A to put Michigan in a good position for a good bowl game, and B to make Ohio State's loss look look better. So, I, I mean, this has so much writing on it, folks. It has Jim Harbaugh's coaching career writing on it. It has Ohio State's playoff implications writing on it. You know, it has um, just just so much. It, it really does. And this game, year in and year out, it's always good. No matter, I mean, both teams are usually ranked. Um, obviously, Ohio State has owned this series. But, folks, I mean, it's not like going into every game, there's still always been a lot at stake. I mean, the endings have always been the same with Ohio State on top, but it's not like Michigan has always been a, a, a tremendous underdog. It's just the stigma of them losing the past few years against Ohio State has always haunted them. So it's going to be a big game. There's going to be a lot to show there. There's going to be a ton to show um, for Michigan, and, and, and it'll a lot will ride on, on their season with this game, and that's going to ride on Harbaugh. If Harbaugh doesn't win this, folks, I don't know what's going to happen uh, going forward with his, with his coaching tenure. I mean, you got to beat Ohio State. you got to beat Ohio State. you got to beat your rival. It's a big reason why uh, Willie Taggart was fired, because he, he, he didn't beat Miami. He didn't, and so, you know, no matter what all the, the potential progress that that program was going to show under him, it didn't matter because he couldn't beat the Canes. 
Don't beat the rival, you're out. So I bet you that Jim Harbaugh is going to work extremely hard. I bet you a little bit harder than he has in the past uh, for this uh game and Ohio State Ohio State can't fall uh, into a trap game normally they don't they take this game just as serious every single year no matter how Michigan is doing they Ohio State is a place folks where there is a ton of tradition and pageantry and that that goes along with this game so you know that these players they're going to want to hit somebody in the mouth so Folks, you start the day off at 11 a.m. with the game. Number two ranked Ohio State versus number 13th ranked Michigan. Um, I, I, I really, I don't want, this This is the one weekend, folks, where I don't even want to predict who's going to win because, my goodness, you never know. Then you have number three, Clemson at South Carolina. And Clemson is favored by 24 and a half. Clemson's great. Folks, you know, I hate to say it, but I could see this as a trap game. I really could. And, I'm, and I mean, don't get me wrong, Clemson will probably blow them out, but I'm only seeing this as they could maybe potentially fall into the trap that Oregon fell into, where, okay, we know who we are, we, we're, we're, we're fine for a playoff spot, let's take care of business, beat them by 45 or so and call it a day, and worry about the, the ACC uh, championship game, and then worry about the playoff. I could see the, the potential of Clemson kind of looking ahead too far and overlooking South Carolina. I'm only saying this, folks, just because it's at South Carolina. This, it's the same situation that Oregon was in with Arizona State. You know, they're going to kind of look at uh, South Carolina and say, ah, they're 4-7, and seven. they're going to make a bull game. This team is like, you know, all these factors, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. Again, Clemson, Clemson's odds of winning this are pretty good, but given the fact that they're on the road and it's a rivalry game and you know they can overlook South Carolina, they can you know, kind of fall asleep on South Carolina, I would just be worried about that. I think you're fine, Clemson, but I would just be worried about that. Um, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech's under new, co- you know, I'll say this, that if Georgia Tech was still coached by their old one with that really old school ground attack, I could see Georgia, you know, struggling, you know, just because of time of possession, but I don't see Georgia struggling with it, so, I, you know. But, again, folks, I don't know anything. What, what do I know? On Rivalry Week, I think I think I kind of find it funny when college football experts, you know, predict Rivalry Week games because, come on, who knows? It's pointless to, to guess. That's the fun part of this sport. No, there's no certainty. So next we have Alabama against Auburn. Now, folks... This is the game that I didn't want to talk about too much early because I want to address it now. I can see Auburn beating Alabama for two reasons. Number one, it is at Auburn. It is a hostile crowd, and this is this is a big-time game, especially within that state. Um, the Iron Bowl goes without saying. Um, I, I will say this. I bet you that um, uh, um, Gus Malzahn's game plan going into this game is, folks— they have a quarterback that has never played in the Iron Bowl, and the Iron Bowl is the decisive thing that can make or break your legacy here in the state of Alabama. Let's ruin it for him. And I bet you that—and and don't get me wrong, Alabama's going to coach him up well. They're going to coach up that backup quarterback. That that last game where they paid that team to, to play and beat, you know, that was a good warm-up game to kind of just get him in the flow of things. But I, I'm just saying for a backup quarterback, that is a huge turnaround to go from a— a borderline D2 school to 15th ranked rival Auburn at home of the Iron Bowl. That is like, it's not even night and day. It's like going from kindergarten all the way to, you know, your senior year in college. 
that's pretty much the 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 transition this kid is making. He went from learning his shapes to uh, tackling advanced algorithms. That's what this this backup quarterback at Alabama is tasked with, and I hope he knows that. And I bet he does. But man, that kid is going to be sweating bullets. And here's the deal, folks: Alabama is favored by less than a touchdown. And I bet you that going in, and it's Tuesday, I bet you that that's going to shrink. I bet you it's going to go down to a field goal. Or maybe even a point and a half just over, you know, a field goal at least. Like, like, folks, this is the game that Alabama, if they're going to lose the game, this is the one that, that, that we can all see them losing. This is it. And like I said, for you folks who want to hope for, you know, at least one to knock out Alabama out of the playoff, this is the game, folks. This is the game. If you're a Utah fan, roll tide. If you're an Ohio State fan, roll tide. If you're, or, or, yeah, or no, not roll tide, War Eagle. My goodness. Whoa, whoa, folks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said that to any any Auburn fans that are listening. I'm sorry. I messed that up. If you are an Oregon fan, War Eagle. If you are an Ohio State fan, War Eagle. Yeah, I have. Trust me. Hey, throw shade at me. I'm sorry. I I messed that up big time. I'm. I'll admit that. That was stupid of me. Um. You know, if you're if you're a Clemson fan, War Eagle. You know, if if you're one of those teams that are wanting to get in, this is your game. This you are the biggest Auburn fans ever. Get your toilet paper ready, folks. And I, and I'm just saying this: Auburn has the ability to do it, and I think they're going to do it by getting pressure on that quarterback and executing their offense. Now, the only thing is, is that Al, uh, Auburn has that freshman quarterback, and he has struggled at times against high-profile, um, highly-ranked teams, and that's going to be their Achilles' heel. But unlike Alabama, where the kids, you know, going from night and day. This freshman quarterback for Auburn has had an entire season. He, I bet you he's going to take everything into account that he's learned and hone it in on this game. I bet you you're going to see, you're going because like I said, your legacy in the state of Alabama is decided by the by the Iron Bowl. And the legend of that freshman quarterback at Auburn, it, it could either rise exponentially or it can perish in this game. So, hey, first fr- starting freshman quarterback at Auburn in 50-some years, you beat Alabama, you're a legend. You don't even have to win the Heisman. You're just a legend right then and there. So we'll see, folks. It's going to be a great game. It is going to be a great game. But like I said, for you folks who do not want Alabama in this game, you are better get your toilet paper ready and be shouting War Eagle. I bet you Utah, there's going to be a rise in, uh, in, uh, in toilet paper bought just for the fact of Auburn beating Alabama because they need it. Uh, man, Utah needs it. So that's all. Uh... Penn State's facing Rutgers. Ah, whatever. Folks, here's another huge game. Here's another huge game of rivalry weekend, folks. Saying it right now. Wisconsin and Minnesota. And here's the reason why. Minnesota is having the best season they have had in Lord knows how long. And Wisconsin's fought back. They have fought back. They've lost some games. Jonathan Taylor, their star star running back has uh sorry about that technical difficulty their star running back uh has obviously fallen a little bit uh in uh, in, in stock for Heisman contingency but um it's still huge they're 9 and 2 they're ranked 12th in the nation as of right now Minnesota's uh ranked 10th 9 and 2 10 and 1 it doesn't get any better than that college game day is going to be there folks this is a huge game for Minnesota because eleven and one is a lot different than ten and two. It is a lot different, even more nine and three is a lot different than ten and two. So, uh, you know it. And here's the deal, Min- it, 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 
I need to calm down because I'm so excited about this game. Um, Minnesota wins this game. They're going to the Big Ten title game to face Ohio State. Um, but they can't. I mean, again, it's a rivalry game. They don't overlook it. And they realize they stole the axe last year. Minnesota, that was a huge thing about P.J. Fleck is he got the axe for the first time and Lord knows how long. I mean, it, it's just it's a big-time game, folks. So... I mean, the good thing is both teams are not undefeated, so both teams have visual footage of their flaws. Wisconsin has visual footage of what Iowa exposed against Minnesota, and likewise, Minnesota has visual footage of what teams had um, had exposed against Wisconsin. Now, albeit the one fluke is against Illinois, because Wisconsin was overlooking Illinois, obviously, to go to the Ohio State game, but man, Ohio State beat Wisconsin into submission. I swear to goodness. So, folks... That's a huge, big-time game. So I'd say the two, I mean, so far you got you got Ohio State and Michigan. That's going to be awesome. Then you got Auburn, Alabama. Let's go. And then to follow it, you got Wisconsin and Minnesota. Oh, my goodness. My word. Oh, I, I love it. I love it, folks. So now, following that, you got Baylor and Kansas. Um, Baylor's having a great season. I think we can see where that one's going. Oregon State and Oregon. This is going to be a big game for Oregon because you got to move on. You got to move on, and you're going into a rivalry game. Oregon is five. Oregon State is five and six. Uh, if they win this game, they're fighting for for a bowl game, folks. Oregon State is fighting for a bowl game. So if they beat Oregon, not only do they beat your rival, you up you upset the the a top ten ranked team in the nation. You go to a bowl game. So Oregon better not overlook Oregon State, folks. Oregon better not look over. Oregon better not overlook Oregon State, because um, you got to move on for a loss. You've got to move on. So this is going to see. You know, this is going to show uh, a lot of. Uh, it's going to be a respect game for Oregon. How much does the committee respect Oregon? So it'll be interesting to see. And then um, another game. That uh, that that follows. This isn't this isn't really a. Ri- I mean, it lands on a rivalry Saturday, but by no means is it like a a, a rivalry. It's number one LSU and Texas A and M. Texas A and M is coming into LSU. I think LSU is going to beat them pretty bad. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because we all know how Texas A and M beat LSU last year in seven overtimes. They beat them like seventy four to seventy two. Um, and LSU is hungry. They are hungry. They're they realize what they have. Built up this season, eleven and zero. They have a chance to play for a national title. They hell, they have the ability to win a national title, not just play for one. Um, I bet you that they are going to take a lot of anger out. They will not overlook this game. They realize how Texas A and M beat them last year in a in a shootout. Um, it's going to be huge for LSU. It's going to be huge, folks. Um, I think LSU is going to just put the beat down on them. I bet you that's the mentality going on going on in in the locker room down there in Baton Rouge is just just go all out. Just go all out, folks. Show them why we're number 1. Don't give them anything. So, I bet you first quarter it's close, but I bet after that it just gets away from Texas A&M and LSU gets sweet revenge. I would also say that there's only one more game that is big as well, and it's Bedlam, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Um, this is the Big 12, so I expect the score to be like 65 to 60 with no defense. But I will say this: Oklahoma State has a lot riding on it. Um, or I mean, Oklahoma has a lot riding on this game. Because, um, like I've, I've stated earlier, 11 and one is a lot different than 10 and two. Oklahoma still wants to fight for a position in the college football playoff. They gotta beat Oklahoma State now. In Oklahoma State, because it's a rivalry game. 
They're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna stop that. And don't get me wrong, Oklahoma, they're ten and one. There's a lot of flaws, and there's a ton of footage of their flaws. They have their loss at Kansas State. They almost lost to Iowa State. They almost lost to Baylor. Folks, this Oklahoma squad is not perfect by any means. It is not. And again, take that with a grain of salt because this is the the Big 12 where the defense just isn't a part of their game. But just have to acknowledge that. And again, Oklahoma is going to be one of those War Eagle fans this this season. Oklahoma is going to be a War Eagle advocate this Saturday because they're going to want they're going to want Alabama to lose. They, they want to go 11 and one. They want to jump Alabama. They want to get in. They do. Oklahoma wants to get back to the to the playoff with uh, with Jalen Hurts. They they just do. And you know Oklahoma State's not going to want that. So, folks, I'm just saying, Friday you got Nebraska at Iowa. Great storyline there with Nebraska. Following that, you have Cincinnati and Memphis. Big-time game, both 10-1 and teams. Then going on Saturday, we, we, have, we have what makes this sport great. You have Ohio State and Michigan. You have Alabama-Auburn. You have Wisconsin and Minnesota. Then you finish the night off, I would say, with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Those are the big-time games. Now, again, don't get me wrong. Let's just also state the fact that, you know, you have Oregon State, Oregon. Just kind of peek at that a little bit. Um, what, what else do you got? Oh, yeah, you got, um, you know, like I said, Clemson, South Carolina. Peek at it. Don't give it a lot of, lot of focus, but peek at it every now and then. Again, you can kind of predict how some of these games are going to go, but because it's rivalry week, folks, you just don't know. And that's what's great about this sport, folks. That's why we love and have followed this entire season. We watch these storylines unfold. Um, and it's just a beautiful thing that we that we do, that we follow. So um, for those of you who, who continue to listen, thank you so much. Don't forget to like, share, um, and give us a good rating uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. But please, by all means, all we ask is that you share the podcast and get the word out there to those who really love college football. Anyway, folks, uh, it's going to be a great Saturday. I'm just going to sit back, relax, and enjoy the view of of the spectacle that's going to unfold. Because trust me, a lot is going to ride on this Saturday. A ton of new things are going to arise out of this. Anyway, thanks for listening.